Welcome back to the Two Average Gyms podcast, the unofficial podcast of the University of Georgia football. We are back in TF1 Stripe Show podcast studio here at Travis Fulton's place. We've got a special guest tonight, so stay tuned. It is the one and only Travis Fulton. Uh, we're getting him out, and everybody will get to see who this guy is that takes care of us every week when we're in the studio and allows us to be in his palace right here in North Florida. We're fresh off our trip to Athens. Uh, we got time inside the football facilities with a surprise visit that Jimbo set up. We got to see a lot of the guys in there. We'll talk about that. Uh, had a real fun weekend up in Athens in God's country. Bowl season started. There's games going like crazy. We are going to have a special bowl pool for all of you out there that are watching and listening that you can play and join in, and you'll be able to win some prizes uh, from the Two Average Gyms and from Travis Fulton. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, Jimbo. Uh, we've got to touch on the transfer portal, what's going on during bowl season, uh, early signing day, highlights from our trip. Uh, we'll get into some bowl picks, some more gambling picks, review our picks from last week, yeah. and our special guest, Travis Fulton. But uh, uh, pack show, as we're only a few weeks away, really not even anymore at this point, I guess we're about 10 12 days away from the big game against Ohio State and the beginning of the college football playoff games. So we are super pumped up tonight. Glad you're along for the ride. If it's the first time that you are watching or listening, welcome to the show. And if you've been listening, thank you very much. We are going to have some call-ins tonight as well. So a lot to get to. Jimbo, how are you feeling, buddy? Feeling great. Feeling great. We had uh, an awesome time in Athens celebrating your graduation. Go Congrats dogs. again. Go dogs. We do have another member of the UGA alumni family Let's among go. us now. Um, but feeling great. Like you said, we got a lot to cover. Uh, pack show. We got a lot of stuff coming up in the world of Georgia football. Not only is the playoff semifinal coming up, but early signing day is Wednesday, December 21st. We're recording this Monday, December 19th. So if you're listening, when it comes out, either Wednesday night or Thursday, and something happens and you think we missed it in the episode, we did not. We just, it's Monday. So yeah. a lot of things can change in the world of recruiting. We're going to get into that shortly um, in the show when we talk about early signing day and kind of how it affects the schedule of practice, the schedule of the coaches, and some crazy stories about early signing day. One that includes the starting quarterback of the Ohio State University Buckeyes, because he almost came to Georgia. So we'll get to that later. But if this is your first time listening, this is the Two Average Gyms podcast, your unofficial Georgia football podcast, like Big Jim said at the beginning of the show. You can follow us at Two Average Gyms, T-W-O, Average Gyms, on basically every social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I mean, really anything and uh, we try to post a lot of good content for you guys post some clips of the show so if you want to show people some of the teasers that we post if you want to catch up on some episodes by just watching some of the clips on instagram you can do that too but um thank you for everybody that listens that follows that subscribes likes comments please do all of that share our posts it's uh we appreciate it more than anything we wouldn't have a show without the followers and the listeners and the watchers and the people that tune in. So thank you all. And we're really excited um, for the show tonight. It really, December, a lot of people think is downtime because the season's coming to a close and there's 
a ton of weeks in between games, but it's really one of the most action-packed months on the college football calendar. So really excited to get into it. Yep. So uh, there's been, you know, a series of bowl games so far. There's so many bowl games, Jimbo. I mean, there four, is. 42 bowl games. Is it 42 or 49? Um, I think it's 42. Okay. It's but a I'm lot. Sure. Either way, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean. It's a lot. Uh, I feel like when I was a kid, there was like eight. Probably. Uh, maybe ten. But uh, it's fun, man. I like it. Uh, it, it. It has a little different flavor these days because a lot of the – there's a lot of just flux, right, for the teams that are not in the bigger bowls, certainly the playoff and the, I'd say maybe the New Year's Six. But even in the New Year's Six, there's some flux. Um even in the play of college football playoff games, there's there's guys that are not playing or sitting or whatever. Typically, they usually play, but some of the guys that are hurt are not quite 100. percent They're just staying out. But uh, it is fun. A lot of uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of um, yeah, it's 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 a damn parade. Every one of them, right? There's just yeah, got there's some, a there's some flavor at all, yeah, it, right. And it's and, and it's fun, and you get to see these teams go. And have fun in the different cities, the bowl gifts, the bowl packages, all those bowl packages that you got was incredible yeah. when you were with the team. Uh, I just couldn't even believe that, the stuff you'd be coming home <laughs> with. Super cool. It uh, is really cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to do, doing our, our bowl pool. We've never done something like that before. We're doing a confidence pool. We'll, we'll announce that and we'll put it out on social media everywhere, a link that you can go into and – you have to log in to the to the actual bowl pool, and it's a confidence pool, so you rank them, and you just have to follow the instructions in there. Um, it's, I would say it's the easiest thing to do, but it's certainly not that hard. You and I figured it out in a couple <laughs> yeah. of minutes. Yeah, um, we, but people we track can figure it, it out. Yeah, they'll figure it yeah. out, and we'll, and we'll track it all, and we'll be giving out prizes from Travis Gems and from Travis Fulton Golf and Travis himself. Um this weekend in Athens, a lot of people to thank, uh, Jimbo uh, and Jules and the kids. I thank them first for just a phenomenal time we had, um, all the fun we had, the celebrating gifts and the, the special uh, trip inside the football facilities again. Got to see a lot of the folks in there, a lot of football folks, uh, some of the players. Got a little bit of time, a little bit of time with Stet. Uh, big thanks to Gage and Will for uh, the tour and, and the fun and the gifts and uh, all of that. Um, just a Jimbo just could have been a, a better situation. We're throwing touchdown passes to T Bone yeah, indoor facility and Madeline. Yeah. And uh, and T Bone kicked a damn field goal. It was I awesome. I could not believe he did that. He kicked the actual field goal. Um, just a super fun time. Graduation was a really special thing. And. Uh, being part of the uh, the greatest university in Atlanta is really something I'm super excited about. And uh, having my mother and father there made it even more special. They made the trip to be with us. So we had a big time, and a bunch of people came out to celebrate with us after graduation. Uh, Got to just thank everybody. It was uh, just a fantastic time. Um, where do you want to go next, Jimbo? Well, I think real quick before we – we're going to start to dive into the recruiting stuff. Okay transfer portal uh touch on the early enrollees that basically have already arrived at georgia and have started bowl practice as freshmen um and we'll talk about how it gets them a big leg up but i think we got to talk about unfortunately jimmy evans isn't going to like this but florida got smoked in their bowl game which we said take oregon state um 30 to 3 
Now they kicked a field goal with 40 seconds left to avoid being shut out. They have the longest active streak dating back to 1988. And... I'm happy that they kept the streak alive because I want to be the one to break it. We should have broken it. We should have broken it twice already. But credit to them. It has not been broken in forever. So I really, really want to break it. Um, And just, it is, I mean, it's very hard to hold the team to zero points Mm -hmm. because of the way college football is now. And it's offensive heavy. But. Florida did not play well. They're, they've seen a lot of roster turnover, a lot of attrition, and we'll see kind of where that takes them into next year. I, I do think Billy Napier is a great coach. I think he probably inherited something that was maybe a little bit worse than people thought mm-hmm. from a culture standpoint. Unfortunately, I think he is the guy to get Florida back on track, but, um, I mean, we'll see, uh, you know. You never know, but I, I think we just had to throw that in there. Oh, I think it's very important. 30-3, to three, uh, we definitely were on the good side of that wager, as we usually are against the Gators, and poor Jimmy Evans had to deal with that as he heads into his holiday season, which is tough. So we feel for him, and, and uh, at the same time, we're pretty happy. Yeah, very happy. Yeah. But with that being said, now let's get into the main topic that we all love talking about, and I'm sure you all love listening to. That's the topic of Georgia football. So we're going to start with the transfer portal updates. I love the transfer portal because I think it's just so fascinating. And it's so crazy how fast people can move and change schools. And so a couple of updates. Uh, The one player that we saw going to the portal so far, Bill Norton, defensive lineman, former four-star recruit, he has committed to Arizona. So good luck to him. Um, I knew him from working with the team. He was there for, I believe, two years when I was there. Great guy. Uh, got to know him actually pretty well just through practice and, He's a and big being dude. around. He's a super big guy. I mean, a really good player, but, um, you know, we have a lot of depth there, and when guys think it's in their best interest to move on, that's, you know, we'll support them no matter what. So um, he has gone to Arizona couple of key guys that have made contact with Georgia since entering the portal that we have talked about. We did talk about the two Kent State wide receivers last episode, but guys that are starting to really go to the top of Georgia's, I want to call it wish list of transfer portal guys, four people are really sticking out right now, and it's defensive back, corner, safety. I think you can play both. Maybe even play star. Smoke Bowie from... Texas A&M was a five-star freshman, a part of that crazy loaded Texas A&M recruiting class that is virtually all in the transfer portal now. Um, But he is originally from Bainbridge, Georgia, went to one of my college roommates' high schools, Bainbridge High School in Georgia. Shout out to Clark Wiggins and the Wiggins family. Um, But Smoke has visited Georgia, I think, he will end up at Georgia because we tend to keep those guys in state. We missed out on him a year ago. Very talented guy. I think we will see some attrition in that defensive back room. So I do think we take a chance on adding a very talented defensive back in smoke buoy. The next two guys are receivers that we have mentioned before that have really started to surface as two of the top players in the transfer portal. Dominic Lovett, the Missouri wide receiver who has visited Georgia. 
He was there this past weekend. Um, and then Ra-Ra Thomas from Mississippi State, he has visited Georgia. And anytime we can get these guys to visit, that's when you know they're serious about considering your school. And we would not host a recruit or a, you know high school or transfer guy if we really didn't seriously think that we could either get him or have him play at the University of Georgia. So those are two guys that are very proven receivers in the conference, in the SEC, that have played very well. They played well against Georgia this year. So the last one is the most interesting one of them all, which I did not see coming, and I don't know how much truth there is to this. But former five-star, number one player in the country who went to Jackson State with Deion Sanders, Travis Hunter. He is from Georgia. He hit the transfer portal, and I think everybody assumed he would go to Colorado, mm -hmm. follow Dion, like a lot of the Jackson State players will do. But he has said on his social media that he's going to consider other options and take some visits. And Georgia is on that list. Now, I have full faith and trust in our staff and their ability to recruit because we've already shown it. Coach Smart is a great recruiter. Travis Hunter coming to Georgia would be crazy. Where is he from? Swanee, Georgia. Hmm. I believe. I can double-check that. But I believe it's Swanee, Georgia. And he was committed to Florida State for forever. Yep, I remember that. Flipped on signing day to Jackson State. You know, number one. It's not, it's not like he was just a five-star, highly-ranked guy. He was the number one player in the country. In the country. And... He may end up, yeah, Swanee, Georgia, may end up back at UGA. And you see, so we'll see, along with those guys coming in, I'm not going to name any names of guys who we think may be leaving or not. The season's not over. You never know what can happen. But if I had to guess, a couple of the position groups that we may see more attrition than others, I think you'll see some in the tight end room because that's just a stacked room already, and you're adding two more, maybe three, highly touted recruits in that room, you're just, there's not going to be enough room. Right. So we're going to see some attrition there. I think defensive back the same way. We had probably the most talented defensive back class in recruiting history last year, along with some young guys that are already playing right now. Those guys are – people are going to get out of there because they want to play. It just happens. I think same thing with the offensive line because we built so much great depth over the years. You know, some of the guys that really haven't earned playing time after two to three years, you'll see those guys try to find opportunities elsewhere because they know they can play somewhere else. We have second and third string offensive linemen that would be first teamers at a lot of schools – across the country in the power five. So I think we'll see some attrition there and maybe receiver. I, I just have a feeling if we're really heavily targeting portal receivers, it's because we know we're going to lose something there. Uh, that's the way I'm thinking about it. And like I said, with the transfer portal in Georgia, I think we have recruited so well. It's none of this is a have to have. To make our team competitive, it's a nice to have. It's an advantage. It's a leg up because we could get those guys on top of already really solid depth that we've already recruited. 
So we'll see what happens. Either way, I was telling Big Jim before this, we're going to have a lot of attrition this year, whether it's the portal, guys going pro, guys graduating, and just running out of eligibility. Um, so there will be a chunk of this team, like every year, but this team, especially with we had some guys that had COVID years that stayed an extra year. Now, you know, they're either going pro or they're graduating. They can't transfer. Right. So we're going to see attrition. This recruiting class will probably be all in high school and transfers, probably 30 guys, if not more. We'll see what ends up happening, but that's kind of my predictions. Big Jim, you talked about it last week about a segment calling it Jimbo's predictions or whatever, yep. Jimbo's futures, whatever we're going to call it. That's kind of what I think will happen based on my experience there. And, you know, really just when you look at the overall roster, roster management, which Coach Smart is so good at, I think is the best in the game at, at managing a roster and making sure that you keep at least 85, well, you at most 85 scholarship guys because that's the most you can have. And some coaches don't prioritize that and go into a season with like 75 mm -hmm. or 77. And that's a, that's a big difference. Sure. So I really think um, from a roster management perspective, we're in really good hands with Coach Smart. I agree 100%. Uh, we've got some early enrollees that are on campus and in practice. Um, a bunch of them, actually, Jimbo. Yeah, we got eight guys that uh, came to campus early, which is great. It's a huge advantage for them from a development standpoint, from just getting used to going to college. You know, you, you got guys that get a semester leg up academically from the rest of their recruiting class, the rest of the true freshmen. You get guys that come in and get a whole six months of the weight room, the conditioning, and practice. You get bowl practices. Like, these guys are going to show up and practice the first or second day they're on campus. Yeah. Now, they're, they're not – they have an acclimation period, and they don't just, like, get in full pads and go get the shit kicked out of them. But they – even just that, getting those practices in before spring practice, so you kind of have an idea of what's going on. You're used to it. And, I, I you know – if it were me and I really thought that I could be a professional football player, there's no reason that you should not early enroll because it just it gives you a leg up. Mm -hmm. Academically, if you want to leave early for the draft but have your degree, that extra semester is huge because you have that and the summer semester. But you're already there. You get exposed to the nutrition, the weight room, all of that, and just getting the reps in practice, learning the system, and you get to learn it at a slower pace because – the bowl practices are spread out. Spring practices are spread out. If you come in just practicing in the fall, you know, you're gearing up for games. You're going yep. through fall camp. It's very fast. It's very grueling. It's very intense. And that can really shell shock some players. So this is going to benefit this list a lot. And um, I'll read them off to y'all now. So uh, CJ Allen, linebacker, early enrollee. Anthony Evans, a blazing fast wide receiver that we flipped from Oklahoma. He runs a – he, I think, will also run track. Um, maybe a, like I kind think, of a Mecole Hardman right, yeah. situation. But can just fly. Um, and Aaron Smith ran track too. Cornerback A.J. Harris, really talented defensive back. Outside linebacker Gabe Harris, receiver Yazid Haynes, another speedster. D 
defensive lineman Jamal Jarrett, who is just a massive defensive tackle. Really, he's actually a really good follow on Twitter. I've seen some of his tweets pop up. Got a great personality. Kind of reminds me of Jordan Davis a little bit. Outgoing guy, D lineman, who's, you know, ferocious and great, like just, you know, an insane presence in a game. But then he's also got a really funny side to him. Big personality, just like JD had. Um, tight end, Lawson Lucky. If you'd been following along for a while, when we had former Georgia great and NFL Pro Bowler Marcus Stroud on the show, he talked about Lawson Lucky, said yep. he was very excited to have him in Athens. Big tight end with extremely good route running ability. I think he compares a lot um, frame-wise and talent-wise to Oscar Delp. Mm. Very similar players, I think. I think Lucky may be a bit taller. Um but we'll see. I think they're both really good route runners that will eventually flex out a lot, just like Brock, maybe not have him attached on the line as much. But excited to see him. And then rounded out linebacker Raylan Wilson and receiver Tyler Williams will be early enrolling. So good for those guys as they start their University of Georgia football and academic career. It's exciting. And, um, you know, you get a couple practices under your belt, and then you get to go home and have Christmas break with your family and friends from high school and tell everybody that you got to practice with the playoff team for yeah, a couple of days. Pretty, so it's, pr it's pretty cool. Pretty special. It's pretty uh, cool. So we got, you know, we got early signing day coming up here Wednesday. Um, early signing day is an interesting time. Uh, it's, it's chaotic. It's in the middle of bowl prep uh, right here in December. I think, didn't? Didn't Kirby want to move that to January? Um, At one point, wasn't he sort of didn't, – didn't he have some thoughts around that just to get it out of this way? Because it's, it, it, it's really kind of wedged in between a lot of high-priority stuff if you're in the playoff. It is. Um, I think he probably said something like that. I, uh, I know – he probably did. I know – so what I was looking up just now about early signing day was it's a relatively new thing. It started the first year we ever had an early signing day was my freshman year in college. So the 2017 season before, you know, it was just all February. And so you had every recruit, you know, could not sign until mm -hmm. February. The early signing day is a good and a bad piece of it because it is right in the middle of bowl season it's right in the middle of playoff prep if you're in the playoff but nowadays so many guys sign early that you kind of wrap up your recruiting class a lot sooner a lot faster and there's I mean you know this even in like our M&A gigs and stuff like timing the longer you let something go without signing it mm -hmm. or getting it officially done, the more tricky and shaky it can get. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of momentum with a recruit in December now, you can probably get them to sign early. And some guys that are even set on signing in February get convinced to just knock it out of the way yeah. in December. Yeah. So in a way, coaches do like it because you can kind of get your guys earlier and sooner and then – turn the page to next year's class and really get these guys dialed in 
after they signed. And so it definitely affects the schedule. Like on early signing day, a lot of schools, unless you're playing in a bowl game that day, um, won't have like schools that have bowl games, you know, after Christmas, December 30th and on, they won't practice on early signing day because you, well, you only have so many bowl practices. So you can designate that as a walkthrough, mm-hmm. seven on day, recovery day normally but the reason you wouldn't is because you got to be on the phone with recruits all day i mean no recruit is a sure thing until they sign their letter and fax it to your school i mean we've had guys at georgia that said before they go to sleep the night before that they're going to wake up and sign their letter and then the next thing you know another school announces them on twitter and they're they're gone and you don't get them we also have guys on early signing day an hour before they're on ESPN committing, they don't know where they're going. But all they know is they're signing that day. And once, so a lot of this, no practice is so the coaches can be on the phones, they can process these LOIs, they can, because if you whiff on guys or you miss on some of your targets, you got to probably call somebody else. I mean, the story of how Stetson got to Georgia. He was going to commit and sign with either Samford or Louisiana Lafayette, and he overslept that morning. We whiffed on a quarterback recruit, which I believe was C.J. Stroud, and Stetson woke up and he had, I think, I know Kirby called them. I don't know how. I don't know if Stetson slept through the phone calls or whatnot, but Kirby called them and said, "Hey." We need you to come back on, like, will you come back on scholarship? We need you back. Stetson jumps into our signing day class, and the rest is history. You know, if he woke up and worked out at 6.30 a.m., signed his letter, faxed it at 7.30 or 8, who knows the trajectory of our program or what would have happened. crazy. And, I mean, I remember, I don't know if this was the same signing day. I, I don't know if him and Stroud were in the same class, but. I remember on early signing day, we were doing a walkthrough, and our OC at the time, Coach Coley, was like, he was talking, he was basically talking to CJ Stroud on the phone and FaceTiming him while we were at practice. And so I was like, okay, we're getting CJ Stroud. Like, he's a big time quarterback recruit. That, that's incredible. Signing goes on. And, I mean, I was right there. The vibe seemed great. All the coaches were talking to him on FaceTime. I was like, oh, that's a pretty good sign. And a couple hours go by, and he signs with Ohio State. And sure enough, we're playing C.J. Stroud in the college football playoff. And those are the things on early signing day that you never know what's going to happen. I'm sure our coaches felt pretty good about C.J. coming to Georgia, but you never know. And every there's so many last minute battles that come to the very end, and sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. That's college football, and it's such a tight knit kind of you know conference, and the SEC so big time that a lot of these recruits that you these recruiting battles that you lose will end up you know you'll hear whoever it is that kid score a touchdown in a big rivalry game, like a Georgia-Florida game. If we lose a guy to Florida, it might be an impact player, and you're like, dang, 
I mean, just what if we won that recruiting battle? I could have changed the outcome of this game. Or even um, Donovan Edwards, the freshman running back at Michigan, was down to us in Michigan last year. Chose Michigan. Blake Corum goes down with an injury this year. Donovan Edwards runs all over Ohio State, and they're in the playoff, and he's their starting running back now. Crazy. You know, what if he committed to Georgia? Our running back room would look a lot different. Mm -hmm. And it, does Michigan still beat Ohio State? I don't, um, I don't know. So it's crazy. All of the recruiting battles really get remembered, and we'll see what happens this year. We're sitting at number two in the country right now. I expect us to close the gap and finish with the top class in the country. Alabama is number one. They are already at 24, 25 signees. 25. 25. We're at 23. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we will have room to stretch our class to a bigger number. Key guys to watch tomorrow that are uncommitted are Damon Wilson, a five-star defensive end, and Deuce Robinson, a five-star tight end and I don't you know, normally you're looking for guys to flip and maybe a surprise a shocker but you never really know with NIL now I mean you just don't No, I mean like I said no recruit is a sure thing and there's so many stories that we've heard of recruits just leaning heavily towards one school that school thinks they're a hundred percent going a hundred percent fit this is our guy and they get a call with an offer from a different school for a couple of million bucks. And all that relationship building, all that hard work, is completely gone. Yeah. It's so crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy for sure, Jimbo. Uh, excited for early signing day to see what we can do. Um, I think let's get into our special guest that we've been uh, waiting for for a while to come on the show. He's a super busy guy. Um it's Travis Fulton, and we're so pumped that he's here. So we can just basically drop that. Yeah. Right in here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put it right in here. Well, folks, we told you at the top of the show that we were going to have a special guest, and we were not lying. We do have a special guest, and uh, the most special, the guy who allows us to be right here in TF1 every week, is actually with us for the first time. We are going to reveal his face, Mr. TF1. Mr. Travis Fulton himself is here we are in the his stripe show podcast studio where we come to you uh from now and again and uh we certainly got to give him a lot of thanks a lot of praise for letting us do this what a wonderful spot he's built and uh this is where he really lives and uh, we'll get into some of that uh, when he's away from his family and home he's right here in the studio it's a gorgeous place um we're thrilled to have him he is a uh big time golfer very big-time golf instructor, former athlete, played all kinds of sports, a lot of basketball, a lot, a lot of hoops, baseball, some football, lots of golf, still a great golfer to this day, teaching a lot of tour professionals, professional athletes, um, guys like me and Jimbo on occasion. Um, but uh, we're thrilled to have him here. We're going to talk football, maybe a little bit of golf, get a little maybe we squeeze some Tiger Woods action in there from the yeah. PNC over the weekend. Uh, get some updates from Trav and get his take on that a little bit. But, um, Trav, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's episode 21, believe wow. it or not. It's hard to Pretty imagine crazy. that we've made it this far, but thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, having me. Congrats, too, on the uh, episode 21. It goes fast. 
And uh, I'm sure, as I told you in the beginning, when you do the first show, your second show, you'll look back at the first show and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe we did that. And then the third show, you look back at the second show. Oh, my. You know, so how how you guys feel? You feel like you're kind of, you get your groove here yeah. at 20 in? Yeah, well, Jimbo, so. Jimbo was talking about it last week. Um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think we're definitely mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable, a lot more used to just kind of sitting here and talking because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people – underestimate how i mean it's not you know super super strenuous or anything but it is when you're just kind of riffing and you have to try to put out a good product and even though we know we're not live there's still an element to it of you know kind of a liveness like Mm -hmm. when you have a guest on or when you're just kind of really trying to hit your marks on a really fun segment so i think we've gotten a lot more comfortable with that stuff and i think we've also gotten a lot better with our preparation from the beginning, I mean, the first show that we did, we took notes on my phone in the car on the way here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it laughs> so now we mm-hmm. have somewhat of a you know script with some topics for every episode, and I think we're definitely getting used to um, just kind of doing the show. I yeah. would say. Well, and we and we went from this idea in a bar to yeah. actual show, and you know we're in the palace here at TF One. <laughs> And so it creates a look and feel, and the sound is incredible. I mean, we got the soundboard cranking. We got. I don't. I was doing oh, that before the show. It's not. It's not planned. It must be the volume on one of these things. Mm. One of these. Oh, uh, maybe. I love it, sir. There it is. Cheers, go oh, okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's uh, Uncle Mike, crazy yeah, yeah. Uncle Mike, and his famous saying, "I love it, sir," which we had the T-shirts and everything made mm-hmm. up. I love it, sir. Go dogs. Um, uh, it, the other thing is having guests on, you know, it like uh, who are we going to have? Like how, mm-hmm. how the hell are we going to get people on the show? And we've had, you know, now we got you on the show, right? You guys I mean, done well. We, we've had <laughs> guests on that are, I mean, some pretty cool guests and some, some good, I think, content there, some good, you know, personalities and stories. And we got it, Stroud to fit through the front door, which was cool. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Him and, and then you had Vern Lundquist sitting over here for crying out loud. Yeah. Yep. You know, a Georgia Bulldog legend, a golf legend. Definitely and, a golf uh, legend. He he is he's just a legend in general. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's something. Yeah. Incredible. And he was so so genuine and yeah. generous uh with his time. Really I mean, that was. was just fantastic. We're, we're really having a ball and it's evolved. And we got the you know, got the hats on. We see you got one yeah. of our hats on, which is killer. Um having fun with the merchandise and stuff and starting to interact more with a lot of the fans and stuff through social media. We're trying to figure that piece of it out. We're not great at it. Uh, but we're getting there. Um, so, Trav, t- we take it back to you You coming up and you end up in high school playing all kinds of sports and football, basketball, baseball, golf, and then you end up going solely golf and become a very good golfer, a tournament player, uh, didn't get out on tour. I know that I, I, I can imagine at times maybe you had the talent to get out on tour. I'm not sure, but I've seen you play, play with you a ton. And uh, I can I can only imagine when you were – you know, 18, 20, 22 year old that mm-hmm. uh, you're pretty damn good. Well, I mean, I was I, I was a good player, not a great player. I um I would say I was probably a legitimate plus one, you know, at one point, you know, somewhere in there. Um, golf was golf's always as a play playing the game in growing up in northern Idaho. You you play what seven eight months out of the year, you know, and then it snows and you put your your clubs up and you're playing. Uh, you're playing other sports, basketball, you're skiing, you're doing all these other things, outdoor activities around the winter. 
And then, all right, spring comes. Sometimes it comes early March. Sometimes it comes early May. You know, you never know up there and pick clubs back up. And that's kind of how you thought everything was in the world. Like, you know, well, we'll we play golf seven months out of the year and then you do something else, you know, and then you realize, oh, wait, what's that down in the desert and down in Florida? They just play, you know, they play 12 months out of the year. So I, um, I did a lot of things. When golf was, was uh, always a big part of my life, my grandfather got me into it. He was a greenskeeper. But my parents were both baseball players, and my grandfather was an excellent baseball player. He played uh, for a brief stint in the minors for St. Louis. So I kind of grew up around a baseball kind of livelihood. Um, and then basketball was a close second, and golf was never even on the radar until I kind of spent more time with my grandfather. He was a greenskeeper, and then I was like, I kind of like this. And then I took it to my folks, and they started playing after they, they couldn't play baseball anymore. And then, you know, as I was – growing up through high school um you know it just slowly became more and more to me you know I wanted to do it more so I quit playing some other sports narrowed it down to basketball and golf and um you know basketball was I was probably the best at basketball as a point guard um in you know being able to you know score and rebound and do all the things as a 6-4 point guard in northern Idaho that was like tall you know where sure. you know down here you'd be you know someone 6-6 point guard you know that kind of thing but um, so I was basketball is kind of one golf two, but then as I, as I went to college, I played in small school, Lewis and Clark state college for three years and had some success, won the Pacific Northwest conference, my junior year. And that was like my peak. I was like really playing well, you know, shooting the 60 some and this and that it was important to me, but never to a point where I was like, I'm going to play professional golf. Like it never really crossed my mind. Like I just. Like I, I loved golf. You know, I, I liked golf, but I don't know if I really loved it like a like a professional golfer would love mm -hmm. golf. You know, like you're gonna sit out there and grind and make it your job. And like, I don't know, I don't want it to be my job. You know, I don't not not playing, but I want to be in the sport. And that's when I started to get into teaching. And I was like, wow, I really took a passion and a liking to it, and I loved it. And started traveling the country with it. And one thing led to the other. Yeah. I mean, then you then you end up on Golf Channel of all places. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, we're watching you in our living room. <clears throat> Yeah. And uh, you're on Morning Drive. You're doing lead instructor over there, and and really crushed it. Yeah, I mean, it, I know you've told me before that you weren't sure exactly how that would go, but man, you 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 really yeah. became a natural at that quick. Yeah, I mean, that was um, <clears throat> you know, when I when I got in Florida, 2001, we started the PGA Tour Academies, and you know, running the academies, having eight academies across the country, 26 teachers. I mean, it was a lot. We had a lot going on. Business was booming. And, you know, you were teaching every day, all day, training teachers. And, you know, I did that for the better part of 12, 14 years. And it was great. And I got to a point where I was like, you know, I want to try s something else. You know, I'm not sure what it is, but I, I need to kind of move the needle a little bit differently, try to figure out how to leverage maybe some of my skill sets and make it a little more scalable rather than just by the hour, you know, and, and, that's when, you know, a lot of our guys that were working for us were, they went and they wanted to teach tour players. They wanted to travel with tour players. They would hang out at the end at TPC Sawgrass, and they, and I was like, I don't want to do that. You're like, why would I want to, you know, travel the tour and spend my life through someone else and that kind of thing? And I did that a little bit, working with Fred Funk and others, and but but it was kind of piecemeal. And I, I, I got my first um, kind of on-air hit when PGA Tour Live started. And now it's a big, you know, it's an app and it's a big production, right? PGA Tour Live. Mm -hmm. And when it very first started, 
I went into the headquarters. They're like, yeah, we'll throw it to you a little hit, and you know, then you can throw it back to us. Right. So I did, and they didn't pay. You know, they, I just kind of talked them into like giving a shot. So I did, and I and it was like it went pretty good. They're like, yeah, let's do it again. So I, but that kind of went on for a couple years, and I was like, you know, this is this is this different kind of energy, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of getting this message out there and breaking swings down in a way that people kind of like it and was a little different twist to it and feel. And then as that kind of evolved, all of a sudden Golf Channel had a had an audition for a spot on a show called On the Range. And this was like back in 2014. And every on-air talent could on-air talent could nominate someone to come down and audition. And Billy Kratzer nominated me. So Georgia Bulldog, by the way, Billy yeah. Kratzer. Go dogs. Yeah. And so I went down and auditioned. And it was a 30-minute show, and I had, I had to do the show that Martin Hall does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to run that show by myself. And I felt like I ran a, you know, five-mile marathon after a time, and I was exhausted. Because it's live TV is hard. I mean, it's, it, it, there's a stamina to it. There's a method to it. It's tough, like, mentally to really be on it, you know. And when you're carrying a show by yourself with no one else, it's a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Right. So I did it, and I had really no idea how I did because it was just all a blur. I mean, I felt like I, I was like, I really don't even know. Anyway, I got the job. So I got the job, and, and I co-hosted On the Range with Billy Harmon, Butch's brother. So here you got the Harmon, and here you got me, young kid from Idaho, Billy Harmon from New York, you know, and, and we just kind of had this back and forth. I mean, he just always was kind of – probing me and I was throwing kind of little jabs back at him in my own way and it went it went really well the show was great it was they liked the concept so much that on the range then became part of pretty much every show on golf channel mm-hmm. where now you know where they just put the camera on the range and people are talking over it and that's what Billy and I did so anyway that show kind of dissolved into that and then morning drive asked me to come over there and I did that for you know the better part of four years and that's real live television Morning Drive was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life, you know, just to to be able to be a part of that team and go through that and just see golf through that lens and how fast-paced it was. And um, it'd be really something if the show was still around with everything that's going on with Live Golf. Oh, yeah. That would be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, production, like, like TV, it's like Golf Channel moved. So I was there for four or five years, and, and then they, they eventually dissolved it up into New York or Stanford, Connecticut area, and where NBC is. So all that down there, life as we knew it down there for five years, for me, uh, it no longer exists. They don't, even, they don't even use that. But I look back at that, that run and just everything that that taught me and, and kind of propelled me to as far as, like, starting TF Golf and all that. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really not sure if, it, if any of this would have happened if it wasn't for an mm-hmm. experience like that. Sure. Yeah. And when you talk about starting Travis Fulton Golf, what was what drove you to start your own kind of brand? Because, you know, you talk about having an amazing time on Morning Drive. I know some of it was, like you just said, the Golf Channel moved around and, yeah. and it switched up. But was there a time where, you know, it dawned on you at one point where you were like, I really think I can do this, build my own brand, keep having some great times teaching. But what was the drive that kind of pushed you to start Travis Fulton Golf? Yeah, it's interesting because I've always every, you know, I've been doing 
media for TV media, and I still do some stuff for Golf Channel and different shows mm -hmm. like The Cut and The College Showcase and things like that, but it's not the, the consistent run of live television like we were doing. Um, and it was interesting because when I moved over to Morning Drive, like I've always thought that you look at these roundtable discussions and you look at people who are at the table and it's no different in other sports. You have, you have a host who you know, knows what they're doing and can host three or four people and move the conversation and then you got to have a former player you know, and then in, in Morning Drive's case, and oftentimes others, you have to have a, you know, kind of a sports um, writer, you know, like a mm -hmm. Damon Hack when mm -hmm. he came in. Um, so, like, those are kind of the, and then maybe a little bit another player, an LPGA Tour player, and Paige McKenzie. And I always just looked at my boss. I was like, you know, it's great. I love coming in here and doing the, um, I love coming in here and doing the heavy lifting instruction pieces where they throw it to me and I break it down and then I throw it back to you. Um, but why can I sit at the desk, you know, and talk all things golf, you know, because half the time you're talking about the craft of these players anyway, and what they're working on and why they're working on it and what they get better with and da da da, mm -hmm. and having an opinion on that. And it's, and it's like, to me, you need a coach at the table too, to have, Makes to sense. Ha yeah, to have an opinion. Yeah. And that was difficult because it, it, they didn't really see it that way. You know, Michael Breed was out there and he mm -hmm. was doing some of that a little bit. But I think for the most part, they didn't really see it that way. And I kind of kept pushing and, and, and got to that got to that seat at the table, sitting with, you know, Lauren Thompson running it and Holly Saunders at the time when I started, she was there. Yeah. Right? Um, and Gary Williams was the host. And then Damon Hack came as a sports writer. Tim Roserfort was there as a, as a writer. Um, and then, you know, Paige McKenzie was on one side. And then pretty soon I'm sitting there with him. You know, and I was like, this is pretty cool because yeah. we're talking my crap, but we're also talking all things golf. And I've got an opinion on that. And I want to say something about that. And I've always kind of been that way that, you know, look, coach should have a voice. And I've just been able to kind of say, look, I'm just going to keep doing it in my own fashion mm -hmm. with my own platforms. Um, yeah, instruction's a part of it. But the Stripe Show podcast, you know, we talk about a lot of things. Yeah, it's super cool. That yeah. uh, I've been down to Golf Channel Studios and we actually – Bobby and I auditioned for a show. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We took a show down oh, there. Oh, gosh, I nice. remember that. That we had created, and we went in there, and, and you know, of course, we come out, we're like, man, we crushed that. <laughs> um, but they they, they love the idea, but we needed to back the show. Mm -hmm. They're not going to back it until yeah. we can show them we got it. I'm like, yeah, well, that ain't. That's <laughs> not uh, but it's it's cool being down there and seeing that, and I'd seen uh, Trav on a bunch of you – know, on location other spots at pga show mm -hmm. you're doing stuff there um and really Im impressive stuff and it's fun when you're you know you're at home and all of a sudden your buddy comes on television in your <laughs> yeah. living room and you're yeah. like oh well, here he goes i wonder what he's got on his mind today <laughs> yeah uh, that was always cool um and i know you're a, an avid football fan mm -hmm. and uh ladies and gentlemen if you haven't seen the logo his logo you could probably guess within two seconds what his favorite team is. <laughs> yes. Certainly for the NFL. NFL, yeah. Yeah, he's a um, uh, Seattle Seahawks fan. He's obviously from Pacific Northwest. He's fans of lots of the teams up there. Uh, but you also have uh, some interesting ties to the University of Georgia and the Bulldogs. Yeah, well, another reason I ended up staying was I married a, a girl from Atlanta. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm tied to Georgia in a big way. Her family... Um, you know, all around the greater Atlanta area. Uh, some of them went to 
Athens and certainly her dad and her grandfather follow the Bulldogs um, religiously. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've I've been probably I've been watching Georgia football for a long time before I even met you guys. And uh, and of course, now with the run and the success that they're having, you know, everybody's so dialed into (laughs) it now, you know, in the state. And it's a good thing because, you know, the Falcons kind of let everybody down, right, yes. in Georgia. Yep. And big comeback. And there for a while, like, you know, Georgia just seemed like they, they when they, even when they were climbing, it was like, they're good. But then it was just always something, right? Like, it's just always something. It'll slip them up. They just mm-hmm. couldn't quite get over the top. And it took till Kirby to get there. Mm-hmm. And Kirby said, no, this is how we get over the top. Mm-hmm. And, and it took him a little bit. And it took him you know? a little bit. And now that they got over the top, now it feels like, okay, you know, now you're going to have to come beat them, you know, because now they, they were the chasers and they had to overcome those little obstacles. Yep. Now everybody's just kind of waiting, like, here it comes, something's going to happen. I can tell. Nope. You know, and they, mm-hmm. and they push it through and get the national title. And now you feel like they got to go get them. And, and, and you feel like Georgia's kind of now moved past Alabama. Like Alabama now is a notch down almost. Like Kirby's put put away some things so anyway all the success um yeah i mean it's it's through and through and my son banks we took him to a game last year and when you were yeah, there in your final in athens in your final year and you took us mm-hmm. into the you took us you know into the locker room and the pre- i mean like dude his it's his head just exploded <laughs> and i'm not sure he's taken the georgia sweatshirt off since uh even to the that's point, awesome even to the point we went to the jags game yesterday and they beat the cowboys a crazy game and he's like i'm wearing this i'm like fine he's like you think i should i'm like yeah why not he's like well george is not playing and i'm said, well and he's eight and i said well yeah but there's gonna be a lot of georgia fans there trust me he's like but they're not playing i'm like you'll be fine you know and and i mean probably two dozen times guys coming up to him go dogs you know yeah. giving him fist pumps and he's like dad people s- so many people are coming up to me. I said, I told you there's going to be a lot of drama. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. That's, I, saw, I saw a picture you posted, and I yeah. saw he was wearing the Georgia sweatshirt. Yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah. Oh, we got him brainwashed early. One. We got him. We got and he him. watches on TV. You know, it's appointment television for him when Georgia's playing and the Seahawks are playing. I mean, that's his, that's his two teams. So it's, nice. it's cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's so so awesome. you teach, uh, yeah, I referenced you teach, um, uh, a lot of different folks, mm-hmm. professional athletes, celebrities, and other th- other folks. Um, I know you've got some football players, and I think some of the guys you're you're teaching now, Brian Erlacher, the Hall of Famer from you know Chicago Bears linebacker, um, and Adam Thielen, current Vikings wide receiver. Um, and you do that that college. It's it's the college football showcase out in Arizona. PX, uh, PXG College Showcase. Yeah, yeah. we have the top player. Which is a super cool event. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little about working with these guys. What do you see in about that event? I think the event is super cool. Yeah, it is. They just aired it on Golf Channel, and um, I don't really work on Erlocker's game too much. He don't listen to anybody. He's just, he's a hard headed <laughs> inside linebacker. But we we've become pretty good friends and stay in touch, and um, and he's always busting my chops because he loves live golf. You know, he thinks it's awesome, and, like, he's all in, so he thinks I'm just this PGA Tour homer, which I've got, like, this open mind about it, And I'm, but he's he's always, you know, criticizing me about this. So we go back and forth. He's been on the pod. It was a lively one. Um, but he's um, he's he's cool. I mean, he's just a, he's a great guy who loves golf, probably plays to, like, a six handicap, 
and he was one of the captains with Jerome Bettis, uh, who is about a six five six handicap as well. Big guy. I mean, two of the. I mean, these guys are so down to earth. I mean, they'll sit down, talk anything you want to talk about. Great with kids. All these kids, you know, in interacting with them, but but can play. You know, I mean, bust it out there. Got good short games. Can putt, and they play as much as they possibly can. As much as they possibly can. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it, it was a cool event. Um, Adam Thielen is a is a guy that I've worked with in the past who's really gotten better over the last three years. You know, Thielen. Um, was when I first met him, he's probably like a four or five, and he's legitimate, probably one now. And wow. he was on, he was in the top five, I think, in 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 Tahoe <clears throat> this year. I mean, he was up oh, there. Oh, awesome. yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I remember that. His name was up there. You know, so he's he's really getting better, and he's got a simulator in his basement, and um, and he's just just an awesome dude. You know, does he smash it? Golf. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. I wouldn't say he's like super long, yeah. but he's just. You know, he's just athletic. He's got lag. He can get, you know, he just kind of knows how to move and kind of be efficient, you know, and, and effortless type of power. It doesn't look like he's really, you know, going at it, but yet he'll he'll crank it out there, two ninety five. So it, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins plays his his quarterback. He's a good player too. Um, it's amazing, like all these football players. Um, you know, a lot of them play, and if they don't play, you, you see them. It seems like more and more trying to play. Mm-hmm and trying to get into the game. Um, and, and, you know, I just go back to, like, the old Seahawks games or teams, those really good teams that they had. Like, like Cam Chancellor didn't play when he golfed, when, but now he is. He takes lessons all the time from my buddy out there. Um, Keith Bennett, who teaches in Seattle. Jerome Curse, I don't think, played much when he was – now he plays all the time. Yeah. And, and he's a pretty good player. You know, so, like, I just think about, like, those teams. And, th- and there's endless examples. Like, just here in, in Jacksonville – Logan Cook, the punter I work with, went to Mississippi State. He's in here, big, tall, lefty, um, just bombs it. I mean, bombs it. And he practiced. He'd be five handicapped, no problem. Mm. Um, so it's just cool. I mean, it's just cool to see. Like Josh Scobie, he's a really good player, you mm-hmm. know, kicker. Um, Rashid Mathis, you know, the corner. I don't know if Chris Clemens played. Clemens was probably the best Seahawk for us, Georgia Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Mac yeah. and and I should and Mac uh, Mac and um, who's the fullback? I'm drawing a blank. Mac uh, Jones? No. No. Uh, you Strong? might be thinking of Mac uh, Strong. Yeah, Mac yeah. Strong. Mac Strong. Mac Strong. Mac Strong probably be the mayor in Seattle. People love him so That's awesome. much. Mac Strong, Chris Clemens, probably the two best bulldogs in Seahawks history. Okay. That's a good list. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good list. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you've had Adam Thielen on the podcast before, yeah. too, well, right? Yeah. 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 Thielen's I remember. That was a great episode. Do you notice anything when you teach, you know, maybe if it's other football players or just other athletes from different sports, is there one common thing that you always kind of try to break down first to them? Like, is it always, you know, when you're starting from the ground up, these are really good athletes. Mm-hmm. And obviously golf is a different type of sport. It's very technical some people are just great athletes great hand-eye coordination and can pick it up quicker than others but is there something from a baseline perspective that you tend to go to first with these you know other incredible athletes from different sports whether that's setup or grip or something like that yeah i mean it's always everybody's the same i mean you you look at them and decide which way you want to go um you know there's a method to the madness how you're Mm -hmm. looking at it and and how you're going to go about fixing things and 
you know, I mean, like simple rule of thumb is, is I mean, obviously the, you, you look at the setup first and always determine what you need to do there. But as you start looking at how the club's moving and what the club face is doing, you know, you kind of always ask yourself, all right, is the reason that's happening because of what the body's doing? And if it is, then you got to fix the body. And if it doesn't, then you try to stay away from the body as much as you can and try to just shape it, you know, with arms and hands and things mm-hmm. like that. So there's always this kind of method to how you're going about it. Um, but I think with athletes particularly, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is you. I, I teach them how they want to be taught. You know, I think that's kind of the biggest thing, you know, mm-hmm. is do, do you have an athlete that really wants to learn it, you know, and get in there and grind right. and, and do the drills? Or do you have an athlete that just wants, you know, Hey, just give me, give me, just give me one or two things, you know, just something to chew on. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. You know, so I think when I first started teaching you, I, I would go into him and like, all right, here we go. You know, just, you know, just all in A, B, C, D, you know, you're just, and now I'm, you know, as you kind of get into, you realize everybody wants to be taught a little differently. Right. And you just, so you kind of mold into that. Mm-hmm. And I think with athletes, you know, cause you're going to, you're going to get into some egos once in a while. I think you have to kind of tread lightly. All right. What am I? You know, where am I going to go with this? You know, is it going to be all, all hands on or is it going to be, eh, try this, you know, yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Or are you just going to, you know, you just clap all day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you got yeah. personalities. For sure. Yeah. You got to adapt and evolve yeah. to every person. Yeah. 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 You know, some just want to be pumped up. Yeah. Look, I'm good. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So this, this college football classic thing yeah. you do with PXG. Well, it's not uh, college football, it's, it's, uh, it's golf. College golf, PXG college. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And yeah. and the and the, and the football guys all NFL guys. Yeah, the two captains are Erlocker and Bettis. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. The top collegiate golfers are there. Okay, so there's four guys, four boys, two girls. I thought there was, and there's only two football guys. Yeah, there's just the two captains. Was there more at one point? Yeah, there was. Okay, there was. Yeah. I feel like I saw one. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Early on, there was okay. more players, yeah, more okay. football guys, yeah. yeah. I have something uh, college football-related that I've wanted to ask Trav for a while. Okay. It's related to college game day mm-hmm. and one of the biggest, however you want to call it, personalities, influencers in football, pro and college, is Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. And Trav, you got to play with Pat yep. at an event. What was he like, you know, that I know he's – Ever since he's been the punter for the Indianapolis Colts, you know, he's had somewhat of a big name. He went to Barstool right after. And I think people knew him when he played in the league because of his big personality, and he was really good. I mean, he was also their kickoff specialist, and I remember he had some of the craziest onside kicks that were successful where he would just do it, and the coaches didn't even know he was going to do it. But what was that? You know, was he like how he is on TV and on his show pretty pretty much? much? Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. He was... You know, he's just he's he just is who he is. He's wide open, and we played uh, we played in the same pro am team. It was me and him, um, Michael Collins. Oh yeah, the golf yeah, person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know him. Cause I, I'm trying to think who the I'm trying to think who the fourth was, but anyway, we we played in the Bahamas, and yeah, he was he was fun. You know, it was that, that was like. I think he he just started his own stuff. Gotcha. And just started on the come up and was was kind of getting going. But then I went to his studio. So when I was teaching in Indiana, one time when I was there, I flew back out of Indianapolis and I drove up to Indy and I went to his studio and I I worked, you know, we we hit some shots in his his net and worked on his things there and his studio now is like 
incredible, yeah. you know, since he's got his new deal with FanDuel. But at the time, right downtown Indy there, yeah, I spent a little time with him and his crew there. Um, so it was cool. I mean, they're, you know, they're just wide open. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a walking content machine. He's yeah. funny. He's well read, you know, he's just, he's a talented dude. And mm-hmm. for sure. And I think it's cool because he's, you know, he kind of branches off into a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that versatility <clears throat> and and he's one that can pull it off. So yeah, he's, uh, he, he, he's big now, you know, I mean, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's, he's huge. He's taken off. I figured he and it's great to hear that because if you see him do all of these, I mean he has his own show on yeah. TV. He you know he does pretty much any piece of content that you can imagine, whether it's podcast, live mm-hmm. TV, college game day. I mean he was in the booth calling the Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah. Um, so well, I figured it'd be hard to fake yeah, his no. person. You know yeah, how how yeah, how awesome he is. How was he as a player? He's you know he can he, if he worked at it he could play. He's probably like an eight handicap. Um, you know, but if he worked at it, he could get it down there. He just doesn't play a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you a story, and I'll, I'll I can tell you this story because he told one on his radio show before he went to his TV show about me drinking two bottles of wine one <laughs> night, which I don't think it was two bottles of wine, but it was it was close. About you, like yeah, not me hate, drinking. Yeah. yeah, we were like having fun. <laughs> but one night, the last night, um, <laughs> so the last I had to fly out at. I think it was 5:45 in the morning from the Bahamas. Ooh. And so we they they do so the reason we were there it was Aaron Rodgers and Chris Paul's charity event. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. And it was on TNT. Yeah. And so it was one of the best events I've ever been to cuz I was just they wanted me just to walk and I was like I was kind of helping some of the players. Like I was pretty much getting Chris Paul around the golf course cuz he's not much he just, he's kind of getting new to the game at the time. And he was struggling. So I'm like literally like giving him lessons in between every shot just to like, you know, get off the tee and these things. Um, and I'm, I'm walking, drinking Tito's and tonic with these guys, like literally walking with Brett Favre for 18 holes. And there's no one with it. It was private. And there was no one around us. And, and we're just talking football. I'm like, this is, I, I'm, I'm like, I took a picture and was sending it to people. They're like, what in the world are you, what, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> That's you know, so awesome. Scotty Pippen talk, you know, uh, I did a post. You remember, you know, the, the, the music they would play during their starting lineup. So I had my guy, Alex, put the starting lineups to Scotty swing and I put it on my on my Instagram and I showed Scotty it. And he was just you could see him like just getting fired up with the music. <laughs> That's um, so cool. So anyway, McAfee, the last night uh, we're out, we're, we're out till like 1130, 12 gambling, you know, drinking and this and that. And I was like, I got to go to bed. I, I got to get up. Like, I got to at least, you know, get two hours or something. Yeah. So 11, he's, they're down there doing their thing, 11, 30, 12 o'clock. So I get out. So I go up. So, of course, I'm coming right back down the stairs in a couple, right? I got to go to the airport at, what, 3.45? So they're, my driver's picking me up. So I come back down, and it's probably like 3.30 or something, 3.45, whatever. And I'm walking through, and the first voice I hear, Pat's. And I look back over, and they're standing in the same exact spot. <laughs> <laughs> they're still over there going, standing in the same exact spot when I was like, hey, guys, i got to go. See you later. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh, they can go. Yeah. They, those boys can go. I I'm, bet. Oh, I'm sure. I yeah. bet. Yeah. I've There's, seen some footage of Pat, and uh, I know he can send it. Oh, yeah. They can. Yeah. They think about what's next whenever that comes about. Yeah. Sure. Oh, now we gotta go. Oh, what time <laughs> yeah. is it? Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. We should probably go pack and. 
<laughs> we got like 30 more minutes. Don't worry. Yeah. I That's love awesome. It. I love it. So, ooh, so we have a, um, we have this thing we do, Trav, called the Quick Six okay. for all of our guests. And all of our guests are brought to you by Blue 32, local here. Um, get out to Blue 32 because, as we've told you before, it is great for recovery from your workouts. If you're an athlete or if you've had a late evening like Travis has just explained, it's also a good time to get in there to get yourself fixed up. Uh, Drayton and his team are fantastic. So get over there, and every guest on our show receives a $150 gift certificate to Blue 32. So, Trav, we have one of those for you, so you can go try it out. Get in there and get that cryotherapy going or some hyperbaric or some compression, any of those things. Um, So the quick six is quick six quick questions. Rapid fire, what comes to to your mind right out of, you know, just go. Ready, 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 go. Okay, so, um, Jim, what do we have after quick six? We hit right into that. Is there anything yeah. else you want to weave in no. here, Trav? No, I think I think it was awesome. Okay. Um, all right. So, Trav, these are pretty easy. Okay. Pretty much softballs here. Nothing yeah, to we'll get you see. in trouble. We'll yeah. see. Uh, okay. First one. Favorite ice cream. Um, vanilla. Ice cream sundae. Yeah. Vanilla. So ice. Vanilla ice cream with yeah, stuff I'm, on top. You know, I'm ice cream, just regular chocolate syrup, nuts, whipped cream. I want yeah. that's basic. That's it. That's it. Perfect. Yep. No cherry. No. Yeah. Save that for the beverages, no, right? No. Uh, okay. You play a lot of sports. Mm-hmm. You gave us a little bit of a hint as to what you're sort of leaned in towards being your favorite. But if you were going to go back in time right now and you were going to play one sport, which one would it be? Baseball. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Nice. I, I thought it was going to be basketball. I did, too. I did too. I, I thought like it was basketball it. or golf. See, it's uh, weird because baseball, like when I was in high, we didn't have high school baseball, so we it stopped in Babe Ruth. Our school was too small, and I went through a. I was a catcher, and I went through a growth spurt, and I had such bad pain in my legs. I mean, I grew like five, five, six inches, and like, and it was just, and I, I literally couldn't get down in the catcher's stance anymore. Yeah, and it was. But I realized that I could just, you know, work through that and play. I think if I think I think if we would have had baseball through high school, I probably would have sustained. And pitched? Could you pitch? I could pitch a little. You got a big frame. I was yeah, I could pitch a little. Catcher. I was a catcher. That's what I was. I mean like somehow I got molded into being a catcher. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. still pretty sick. Yeah, like I you know, I was a pretty good catcher. Like I could I blocked everything. That wasn't a great arm, um, but you know, yeah, that was my deal. Catcher. That was my deal. Catching, and then I pitch a little bit. Left-handed better, just like Griffey. That's the only thing I do. Left-handed. Just, just I, I mirrored. Uh, like when you watch me bat, it, was, it looked like Griffey's elbow. Everything. I mean, he was my man. Nice. Yeah. Did you teach him at one point? No. We know him a little though. Yeah. My so, wife knows him. Yeah. Um, has that would be him. killer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Griffey's he's big golfer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's over at Alworth. We see him at Varsity Cup every year. Yeah, he's big golfer. He loves it. He used to love when we come in there. Everybody's drinking, playing basketball, and yeah. in, in the locker room at Alworth, yeah. and Kenny be sitting there like, yeah. who in the world are these jokers <laughs> in here? Yeah, he put he you know that was Mar- he put the Mariners on the map. You know that team. Yeah, that yeah. Team. So he had to be your your favorite. Ah, he was yeah. the man. I mean, yeah. he was. He was, yeah. I mean, he's everybody's man, not just the Northwest. It oh was yeah. Like, it was like, 
Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder, and Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> all right. Favorite athlete of all time? Kid. That, yeah, Ken Griffey. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. Bam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good lead-in. Oh, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> a kid, man. Absolutely. Um, all right. Favorite sports team? Wow. That's I mean, the Seahawks and the Mariners like it's family. Yeah, this guy, you, you, you will catch him literally wearing his Mariners gear. Yeah. And, his, I mean, his Seahawks gear. Gets, this whole place, All the time. Is, this place is full of Seahawks <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and um, Mariners stuff. And the man cave at your house is a replica Seattle Seahawks yeah. stadium. What's it called? So cool. Well, I mean, the stadium used to be called the Clink. Yeah. Uh, CenturyLink, but now it's Lumen Field. But everybody associates it to the, to the Clink. Yeah. But I mean, his his man cave is set up, yeah. and it's literally like it's the actual yeah. stadium. Like you're looking into the stadium. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's really. Yeah, you I've, thought this place was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've not seen anything like that before. It's 45 awesome. years of memorabilia of yeah. games. You know, I mean, like, so cool. I have all the, you know, the bulletin board with all the tickets and everything that you know, we've done. And and when I built the cave, it was a place for all of us to kind of rally and watch games and things like that. And of course. You know, the Seahawks get good and run. They have a 10-year run. They're in the Super Bowls and winning a Super Bowl and, and all this. And so, like, that was right before kids. So here we are, like, in the best stretch of ever, and people are, like, you know, being brainwashed to be Seattle fans, and they're all in there watching with us, and we're passing drinks around. And so we had a great run. I mean, it was just – it was awesome. But all these pictures I still have, and I put them up with all the tickets and traveling around to games That's and this really and cool. that. so awesome. So it's like there's – a there's I have I have things in there from the last game of the kingdom. Oh wow. Yeah, against the Miami Dolphins I was there. Sat right next to the lead singer of Everclear. Oh jeez. Wow. Who was from Seattle. Yeah. And um I can remember that game like it was yesterday. Wow. Sitting there with my mom and dad. He was sitting next to me, his girlfriend or whatever it was, and I still have the shirt with the old logos, AFC days, and the towels, and like, yeah, and we're talking Kingdom to playing in, you know, University of Washington Stadium to they built the clink to Lumen Field to, you know, I've watched them, I don't know, lots of stadiums across the country, all these pictures, and it's just, it's, it's weird, you know, look, it's awesome to look back at it. Oh, it's so cool. Um, it's so such awesome. a cool. So it just awesome. means, it means more. It's like, it's family. Like, you look at it as like, you know, I mean, like, they're your team, but it's family. Like you, you rally around it, sure. Mm-hmm. And everybody has fun with it, and that's what it should be. Well, it's a damn, it's a damn museum. You should probably start <laughs> charging people to go into the place. I mean, it's yeah, really, I have. It's, it's, really, <laughs> it's incredible. And I, and I know Banks is in there just ripping and running and oh. throwing passes and flying for yeah. fumbles and all that stuff. So it's turned out to have more than uh, one purpose uh, for sure at this point. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. Two left. Favorite golf course you've ever played? Favorite golf course. You know, I I would have to say I played Southern Hills in college. And that's where they just played the PGA this year. Mm -hmm. That's pretty tight. I'll go with that. That's That's the one. Yep. I played in the national championships there. That's Scotty Scotty Scheffler's favorite course. Yep. Is it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, how about that? Yeah, Southern Hills, Tulsa. Um, That's all that's there, though. Last one. (laughs) What's your lowest score ever? 
61. Oh, my wow. God. gracious. Still have the course record at uh, up there, Lewiston, Idaho. Um, that was my junior year. That's when I was, like, playing my best golf. I would That's say sick. 61 yeah. is 10 under. Crazy. It was a par seven. I don't know if I could break that on the front nine, <laughs> to yeah. be honest with well, you. Well, I mean. That's sick. 61. Yeah. Any bogeys? Nope. 10 birdies. Wow. Whew. 10 wow. birdies. Yep. 61. Well, That's Pete's crazy. got uh, that. Pete Kellerman has uh, the course record um, at Jack's Golf now. Is it fifty nine? It's no, it's sixty one with wow. a bogey. Wow, sixty one with Jeez. a bogey. Yeah, and I think he might have parred a par five. <sighs> Which for him, I mean, it's, that's absurd because he hits it a mile. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, absolute yeah. puncher wow. mile. Um, well, Trav, you sailed through the quick six, and we got some extra cool stories out of you there. Uh, about the man cave and some other things that was cool um we can't thank you enough man, yeah, man. this is so cool we're really excited about what we're doing and to be able to do it here and have this be our home base yeah. it's just fantastic you guys are doing great and um i think i think you're well you could be starting a podcast at a better time for crying <laughs> yeah. out loud and what a way for jimbo to go out his senior year yeah you know and winning a natty um just that fantastic. was that was awesome <laughs> i'm sure yeah speaking of remembering that, things you probably you'll awesome. certainly remember that for the rest of your life yes yep. no question but yep. now you know you guys are podcast with the way the program's going and and you guys are all the favorite again this year i mean i just you know to finish up with a little football i i, I don't think ohio state's gonna beat you guys i mean the, michigan kind of leaned on them and forced their will you guys got some bigger bodies to lean on them and you know like that run game is going to take over. It may not in the first quarter, but I think it will eventually. And um, look, I, I think I, I'd love to see Georgia, Michigan. I think that'd be for college football. I think it'd be fantastic. That's certainly what they want. TV wants that. I think sure. it's going to happen. I, I, I mean, TCU is a nice story. I, I mean, I think it's. I think Georgia, Michigan's on a crash course, and I, I think Georgia certainly has better athletes. And I don't know how y'all find those tight ends. I'd love to have that. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to have. Well, here. I'll finish with this. Jalen, was it 88? Jalen Carter, yeah, 88. Yeah. Damn it. The Broncos won yesterday. We have the Broncos pick. Now we're up Now we're up to number four. Oh, oh dang it. No, we're up number five, and he's going to go third. He's going to go three because oh, those two quarterbacks are going one and two. Yep. And yep. Jalen's going three. That dude's a beast. Oh, he's he a is monster. so good. He's a monster. He's we probably the best player in the draft. Yeah. yeah. Everybody in Seattle's I mean, like, that kid. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, it's in the Broncos win, so now we're, ah. <laughs> you know, like, we're not going to get Jalen. Oh, that's that's that, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Because we need defensive tackle bad. That he, would, that would be, he'd, well, he could, he'd fit in Seattle, uh, too. They, they could with, trade, you know, they could trade uh, and figure that out. Yeah, um, they could. So who are you picking in the in the football playoff, the uh, college football I, playoff? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Georgia leans on Ohio State. I, I, I wouldn't cheer for Ohio State if they were playing – I won't even say any, but I would never cheer for Ohio State at any at any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> you know, yeah, okay. I, um, that makes two of us. I think, three yeah, of us. I think, but from an from an unbiased perspective, and Georgia's going to handle Ohio State. They're going to lean on them. They're going to run it. Um, and I think the Michigan TCU game is fascinating. I, I think you know, look, I think for college football, I think it'd be great if TCU could win. You know, I think like having the idea of another team, you know, and I think mm -hmm. that's kind of where, you know, college football is huge, big business. I think my only knock to it is the same teams every year, you know, and I think like, I like the idea of 
a smaller team getting in there once in a while, mm -hmm. you know, and, and giving that grant that giving that school some hope, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, to, to find sure. a way to build an angle to, to leverage themselves up in there rather than having it's, you know, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, it's LSU and, and, and you get it and you respect it. But I think TCU would be cool. If they could somehow, they're pretty damn good. Yeah, they are good. They're pretty damn good. Duggan's really, Max Duggan's He's really real good. good. They're well coached. Yeah, be interesting we'll to see what happens. Yeah, I think either way, if Michigan comes out of that side, I mean, the storyline would be incredible. Either I do think we take care of business, but it'd be a Michigan Georgia rematch from the year before. Yeah. Or speaking of TV, I mean, if it was Michigan Ohio State for the national championship, that would be crazy. I mean, the game, the regular season version of that this year was the most viewed game by far. Yeah. I mean, by a mile. And then you put them in a national championship for the first time ever, which I don't think we will lose to Ohio State. But I'm just saying, either way, if Michigan comes out of that side, they've got rematch storylines with both teams. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Yeah, I don't want Michigan-Ohio State. I don't, I don't think anybody I wants I won't that. watch it. I don't think anybody I, wants that. I mean, I won't. I don't think I'll watch it. I think I do think with Michigan in there, you get that region now, right? Yeah. You get that Big Ten region, and 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 it's it's different. It's interesting. USC's back on the come up. They need that West Coast team, USC, to be relevant, like you know, just for the scope of college football. Yep. Um, I think that's important, and that bigger, the bigger playoff will be nice, just from a, just from a hope standpoint for some of these other schools, right? It's just going to be fun to see some of these other schools get in there and compete. I do think the same teams are probably going to still win, mm -hmm. but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, that's kind of the cool part of the field of 64 is people, as it plays out, you have the Cinderella stories and I'll tell you, you got to have it. I think the, those types of Cinderella stories and for ath college athletes and things like that, I think is, is part of the madness, if you will, of March madness. Sure. I, I totally agree. Yeah, I think the college football playoff system was fine, but to the point there, they're probably thinking, you know, for the sport in general, there is a growth opportunity there by expanding that playoff. Well, I'll give you you're going to get the drama. I'll give you the best example. It's Gonzaga in college basketball. They were the Cinderella, right, and now they're a powerhouse. Yep. And I don't think that happens if you're just picking the top four schools. No, that's right. That's true. You know, so that's how, that's how schools leverage. You know, like, okay, you know, oh, they just have, we don't want, maybe I should go play there. You know, and now they have a little more of a, a foundation to recruit off of mm -hmm. because they got invited and they upset a couple and they made it all the way to the lead eight and miss, you know, Michigan State beat him. And then they got back in the next year and made it to the Sweet 16 again. And now, you know, they've, they haven't won the Natty yet, but they're, they're becoming more of a, of a blue chip. Oh, yeah. And, and that doesn't happen overnight. Sure. You, you got to build to that. So sure. who can, who can do that in college football? You know, I think that's the, you know, Boise State gave it a go. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, so you kind of open it up to those kinds of schools. UCF, when they were, you know, celebrating national championships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Just unbelievable. UCF. That's, just try anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, see if it sticks. Throw yeah. it against the wall. Yep. Well, Trav, that was All excellent. Right, yeah. Are we going to do the uh, uh, bowl pool challenge thing? Are we going to do that thing? Yeah, send it out. I'll yeah. send it out of mine, too. Okay, yeah, yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. We'll get into the we details can talk about of that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Trav, we'll let you go, buddy. Right. Thank you so yeah, much. Thanks man. so much, Trav. Yeah, that bet. was awesome. Go dogs. Go, go dogs. Okay. Um, what do we got left here? We got to do the talk about last week's picks, and then the bowl pick announcement. And are we doing any more bowl picks right now? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We are? Doing another five games. Yep. Okay. So last week we did pretty well. I think we went, what, four and one, depending upon who you – well, we had all the same picks, right? Besides, we didn't win the Washington State one. We went heavy Mike Leach there. Is what we did there, and we yeah we, I know we lost that one. Yeah I know. I'm just that was the I'm one. I'm okay that we with lost. that loss. Yeah, so, me too. So we were four and one. Just solid. Um, but yeah, solid. Uh, or no, you picked Louisville, right? I picked Cincinnati. Oh yeah. Yeah, they you so won went, that one. Uh, you went four and one. I went, I went three, one. three yeah. and two. Um. Anyways, bowl mania is one of the best times of the year. There's always football on. Um. I mean, there was. A game today, I believe. We picked it. Marshall. Yeah, Marshall. They Yep, they won. They covered. Um, and then, I mean, there's two games on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, two on Friday. It's just it football's the best. Yeah. Pick, um, pick, the, pick five from this week. Yeah, so we'll I think. Uh, and I then, think we'll, then we'll announce the bowl pool for everybody they can get involved in. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, so I think. I'm, so Liberty and Toledo play in the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Liberty obviously lost Hugh Freeze to Auburn. I, Toledo's favored by three and a half. I think I'm leaning Toledo there because Liberty doesn't have their head guy anymore. I'm going Toledo. Okay, I'm going Liberty. All right. Respectable. Um, next, let's go to Wednesday, December 21st. Western Kentucky playing South Alabama in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Our great friend Carter Bradley is the starting quarterback for South Alabama. They are favored by four and a half. I'm going with my guy Carter Bradley in South Alabama. I am as well, and I hope he gets it done. Me too. He's been having a great year. He has. Really slinging it all over the ball. Almost had a huge upset against UCLA early on. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're 10-2. Yeah. They almost beat UCLA, and then they almost beat uh, another big-time team. Um, anyways, next game, Thursday, December 22nd, Baylor and Air Force in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Baylor's favored favored by four. Big Jim, I want you to pick this first because I feel like it's it's a trap if you don't take the. I'm taking Air Force. I feel like you have to because it's the Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we got to go Air Force there. All right, Air Force plus four. Lock it in in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Friday, December twenty third. We got two more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Friday. Let's see what we got left. Um, oh, well, two more. We got to pick the – we got to go – let's see. We're definitely doing the Christmas Eve game. So, Big Jim, what would you rather pick out of Louisiana and Houston or Wake For- – actually, let's do Wake Forest, Missouri, keep it in the SEC. Wake Forest is playing Missouri in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. That is a mouthful. Um, Wake Forest is favored by one. By one. What are you thinking there, Big Jim? I'm going Jim? Mizzou. Okay, I like it. Okay. I think I'll ride Mizzou with you, ride the SEC. I like it. Okay. And last but not least, the fifth game, Christmas Eve. This has always been – I always love watching this game on Christmas Eve. The Easy Post Hawaii Bowl 
at 8 o'clock Christmas Eve. I do feel for the families and the players that have to play in that game because it is on Christmas Eve, but you get to be in Hawaii, so pretty cool. 8 p.m. Eastern, San Diego State is favored by 7 over Middle Tennessee State University. I'm going with the Aztecs, San Diego State. That makes two of us, buddy, so we only got one difference this week, too. All right. That's the uh, Liberty game. I'm Liberty, you're Toledo. Otherwise, we're the same. All right. Cool. All right, so this bowl pool we're doing is a confidence pool. And there are 42 games on there. I think a bunch have already taken place. So you got to pick all your games Thursday or beyond. So this Thursday, when you find out what the um, actual rules are, et cetera, when we post it with the show and we release it, you got to so see you pick from the Thursday games forward. And there'll, there'll be about uh, probably 30 games you can choose from, I think, or around that or so. You got to pick 20. So pick your top yeah. 20 games and rank them with confidence, 20 being the highest. Those are points. You want to get as many, You want to win the 20-point game. So whatever game you're the most confident in in the confidence pool gets 20, all the way down to the least confident is one. And so rate them in there and uh, just rank them highest to lowest. It doesn't really matter what numbers you pick is if you do it from 40 to 21 or 30 right. to 11 or whatever 11 to 30 yeah i'd m- mine were 11 to 30 right right so i just ranked my 11 to 30 because the 10 the 10 games before that have already either been played or will be played leading up to that so that's what i did but at least gives us a sequence we will it'll measure the whole thing for us we'll be announcing winners at the end there's a tiebreaker in there as well for point total in the national championship game so don't leave that out so follow the instructions that there feel free to uh, if you have questions, hit us up on social media. We'll post it on all the social media spots so that every, you know everybody, wherever you're catching us, you can get a peek at it and jump in. It's going to be fun. We'll have some really fun giveaways, cool prizes, and it's just cool to pick all the games. I mean, oh yeah, it's a yeah. ton of fun. It keeps you more invested in some bowl games that you may not watch and. Yeah. Also, I always like just to watch the bowl games because you got football on anytime, and I feel like. A couple years later, when you're watching the NFL and you recognize a guy, you either A, know what college he went to, or B, remember, oh, I remember watching him in the Hawaii Bowl or some of those crazy bowl, like the Fenway Bowl when they play in Fenway Park um, or any of those. And it just helps, you know, keep you up with college football. So I've always thought it's fun. Like you said, the bowl games are always a little bit more kind of uh not more pageantry than a home game but it's just a different vibe yeah, it's, it is i mean it is yeah. that's the word i was looking for earlier It'd yeah be pageantry it's and more festive it's more it's got yeah. some flavor and they're i and they're designed that way just before we close it out big jim i meant to say this earlier oh we and uh we have nfl dogs to do okay um the bowl games are designed that way because the bowl trip like when you're in the playoff, it feels like a business trip. You, you're still in, in a meaningful game. It, not to say that non-playoff bowls are just not meaningful, but it kind of depends upon where your program is at. Um, the bowl trip is meant for the staff members and the families and the players and the coaches. It's almost meant for like a little mini vacation. There's a lot of activities that each bowl game will 
grant access to to the staff members and their families a lot of activities for the kids you know if people on staff have a family and have kids there's fun stuff that they do while we're out at practice the bowl gifts are part of it and so it's it's basically designed to be not only a, a football game but it's basically designed to celebrate your whole season you made it to a bowl uh you know if you make a bowl game most staffs get a bonus a bowl bonus which is nice for full full-time staff members you get bowl gifts um if you're a student worker which is always great or a player but it's really meant to be kind of a getaway a a, a vacation trip mm-hmm. thing for the, the family of the celebration season, of the, the season and so there that's also a, a cool part of it too let's do our nfl dog roundtable brought to you by roundtable realty kim felix the top real estate professional in florida and georgia is here for all of your real estate needs whether you're buying or selling a home make sure you track her down she is fantastic uh, we've used her before our family our friends uh, so helpful outworks everybody always gets you the best deal and really pays attention to what you want uh, it's Kim. It's uh, what is what's the what's the uh, website again? I don't know. I keep forgetting that damn thing. I write it down and I forgot to write it down. Well, hold on. We're gonna say it ten times now. <laughs> it's I believe it's kimfelix.roundtablerealty.com, but I just want to verify that. Bear with me for one second. It is in fact kimfelix.roundtablerealty.com. Okay, good. So that is it. So, kimfelix.roundtablerealty.com. Go check it out and reach out to her. Anywhere in Florida, anywhere in Georgia, she can help you out. And a percentage of her commissions go straight to the Vince Dooley Scholarship Foundation, which is super cool that she's donating back to such a great cause, Jimbo. Uh, It's great to have her be a part of the show, and it's great to have – an NFL dog roundtable because we got tons of dogs in the league and constantly they're, they're showing up and doing great things. What do we got this week? Yeah, this week I'm going to start out with Charlie Warner in San Francisco. He's been there for a couple of years, an incredible tight end, incredible guy. Uh, guy. Really, cl- I, I got pretty close to him when I worked for the team. He's just such a good dude. And um, shouting him out because congrats to the San Francisco 49ers. They won their division, clinched their division got a playoff spot and Charlie does a lot of stuff for the Niners that maybe doesn't show up on the stat sheet but he goes in he blocks his ass off runs over people and is very effective in why the 49ers run the ball so well Mm -hmm. next I want to move to the Bills James Cook had a pivotal pivotal touchdown catch for the Bills right before halftime. It was a four-yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen on a crazy scramble play for the Bills. Um, But he also had five carries for 34 yards, two receptions for five yards and a touchdown. But it's a great play at the buzzer. James Cook is really coming into his own. He is. In Buffalo. It's great to see. Want to give a shout-out to Tyson Campbell and our Jacksonville Jaguars for a huge win over the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, 40-34. to the Jags control their own destiny to get to the playoffs, Incredible. which is not something that I saw coming this year. But Tyson had a great game because they really just didn't throw his way that much. Yeah. So um, great game for him. 
And then I also want to give these feel like they're weekly now, but George Pickens had another great game for the Steelers. Another great catch. It feels like every week he kind of makes a crazy catch. Uh, he only had cat two catches for 53 yards, but, um, can you click it? It's not a, Oh, it's, is it jacking us up? Yeah. Um, two, he had two catches for 53 yards, but he had a long catch of 38 and it was a six sideline catch. Um, can you imagine so, if we would have drafted George? I know it, <sighs> that'd be incredible. And, um, that rounds out our spotlight for NFL dogs presented by Roundtable Realty and Kim Felix. But yeah, I mean, another great week for the dogs. Like always, we've got guys playing pretty much everywhere. And I do not see that trend slowing down anytime soon. No, we're the deepest we've ever been. So these, these draft years and these guys developing and these guys get to the league and develop even more. It's, you're going to see more and more. The NFL dog roundtable will continue to be full uh, that table will be fully seated. Um, yes. Another another great week. It was wonderful being in Athens. I've got some of my new uh, gifts from graduation yeah. on from from uh, from Gage and Suzanne. Thank you so much, you guys. It was great having you guys come out to dinner. And I got I wore both of my yeah gifts here. New stuff. Really nice stuff. Um, so fun being up there in God's country. And, Doing graduation, getting inside the facility, it's awesome. throwing footballs on the field to T Bone and Maddie, and uh, getting to see Stet. Uh, Stet, super cool, autographed football for Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to hang with him for a little bit, and some of your other buddies that were players and coaches, and a lot of the football ops people. There's nothing like being in Athens, man. And we're only, the countdown is on. We are 12 days away from kickoff. And man, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be in Atlanta. Can't wait. Making plans potentially if we go further. We'll see what happens there. But another great show. Episode 21's in the books, Jimbo. Um, we didn't have any of our unofficial sponsor this evening. No Sweetwater 420 tonight. That is not because of any type of boycott. I just want to let everybody know that. <laughs> no boycott. We are simply out of stock. We'll get that back in stock for next week. We got to get restocked on that. Next week's going to be a big week. Merry Christmas to everybody because we will not talk to you again until after Christmas. Hope you have a wonderful time with your family and friends wherever you are and whoever you're with. And I hope Santa treats you all the best. Yes, Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a go go dogs. Yeah, there we go. That's it. Thank you, everybody. See you guys next time. I thought.